You're listening to a podcast from 702. Because we have one of the coolest masterclasses coming up. It is a masterclass on lie detection. It is a masterclass on polygraph testing. Because some of you want to know the truth and you're not sure. Even though some might argue that your gut is the ultimate human lie detector. But we have our very own human lie detector in studio in the form of Lizette Falkvane, and she'll be joining us for that conversation. So get in touch with your questions, your comments, or maybe you want to see if we can tell. I But if I'm not looking at you, I can't tell if you're like, we'll, 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 we'll test it out. We'll test it out. 011-883-0702-072-702-1702. Masterclass. Thank you so much for coming to studio. Welcome, Lizette. Thank you very much for having me. It's wonderful being here. Lizette, you have to explain to me, why did you get interested in whether people are telling the truth or not? Well, I think it's something that intrigues everybody. But I've been in the corporate industry for over 25 years. I think and that says it all. Yes, <laughs> but yes. But then I just, uh, changed my career and I went into life coaching. Mm. And I'm a master life coach, master NLP practitioner, etc., etc. And then I realized to get to the core of a person's problems or issues, I realize that everybody lies. Mm. It takes a lot longer, about three, four sessions, before I really can help them because they need to start relaxing and get to trust me, etc. Mm. And for me, that was a problem. I want to get people's results ASAP. I want you to spend three, four months before you get to the results. And then I done some research. And Dr. Paul Ackman started in 1958. He started um, researching on how how many times does people lie mm. and how does it work and it's all about your subconscious mind mm. your subconscious mind does not know how to lie and that's the total tell that tells everyone who, why they are lying mm. and that's why i started and i went to manchester in the uk got my certification there and it makes me a pi human lie detector without any tools or anything i can see whether you are lying or not I thought you were going to tell us how one day your husband was <laughs> cheating and you just needed proof to confirm. I knew he was lying. <laughs> I had to play nice. <laughs> so here's the question then, and I'm going to ask you a very open-ended question, mm. but I'll see if you can consolidate it into one sentence. Why do people lie? They only lie for two reasons. Mm. One for pain to avoid it and one for gain to get it. Oh, yes. Oh, so the most interesting quote I have held on to for lying came from Oprah Winfrey. Mm. And she said, we're so casual about little lies, little white lies. And she said what she learned over time is little white lies are only hiding much bigger lies. Very true. And you have to understand the moment we lie is to impress people. So mm. I'm going to gain my status or whatever. Mm. Or that little child that says, I didn't eat the cookie. Um, that mm. is that avoidance. But you won't believe it. Everybody lies in an average conversation of 10 minutes. <laughs> and the, the reason I believe it is even now with social media, there's this phrase that people like says, you lied unprovoked. So it's one thing to lie because somebody asks you a direct question that maybe Correct. you're not willing to answer or not 
ready to answer versus let's say are you single and you're like oh, i don't want to tell this person i have someone in my life because i'm in- no I, yeah, i'm single i'm single <laughs> right versus the one who randomly says did you see my new car and you're like but no one even asked you now you're lying for no reason exactly <laughs> and you know we're trying to avoid that and yeah. you know you're trying to and because what happens is you're going to ask me how am i What's going to be my first answer? Fine, thanks. And you. Exactly. <laughs> but it means I'm back at the ranch. You know, you, your house is in arrears. The, the geese are burst. <laughs> that it's sounds like my life right now. <laughs> and it's, it's funny about that one. I think we spoke about it once where mm. a person was saying, I don't actually want to know how you are. Mm-hmm. And I come from a country where it's impolite to actually tell people how you are. It's a formality to ask, how are you? Yes. And you say, um, fine, thanks. And you. Correct. You don't now go into a whole tra-la-la about how you're falling apart. Exactly. And very seldom people even wait, wait for that response. You know, fine, thank you and you, and I walk on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sad part of it. Okay, so let's come to now the part, because there are tons of, of YouTube videos that give you the basics of what to look out for, mm. for a person lying. I, I genuinely feel like if your gut tells you something is off, the likelihood is something is mm. off are you of that belief as well particularly just for everybody in their everyday life with the people they're dealing with that mm, something is off yes from a coaching point of view i'm definitely going to say yes and um, look you need to understand this uh, that's why we say this uh, in it's in your gut mm. there's some hormones in your gut which directly links with your brain so mm. the moment you feel something is off, it would be your past experience, the brain that says, remember what happened in the past. Yes. This doesn't add up, but it's actually linked up with your, the hormones in your gut. And that's why you've got the gut feeling. And I believe if you feel something is off, your mind unconsciously picked up on some cells without you even knowing. Mm. And it's reacting to that. So with, within the first minute we met, your brain and my brain said, what am I feeling? What are you feeling? Mm. Are we okay? Are we going to communicate? And that is what we have to start being very aware of mm. when we start communicating with people. So one of the tricks that I had learned, um, I asked a, a detective once, an mm. essay detective, because um, things had been stolen at my house and there were people that were working there at the time. Yes. And I said to the detective, how do you know this person is not the one? Mm. And he said, there's certain techniques we use when we ask them questions. So he didn't even speak about what I observed. He said, there's certain techniques you use. And one of them was, you ask them the same question worded differently over and over to see if they're going to change their story. And then the other one that I learned online from also some person who Mm. does lying things said that sometimes um, you just look at a person you ask them a question, let them answer, and then just stare. Because sometimes they start volunteering unnecessary information because they're uncomfortable. So now you're like, so you say when your girlfriend went missing, you were in the shower. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, I was showering. I remember I'd just gotten out of the shower, and um, she just wasn't there. And then the detective keeps quiet. Mm-hmm. And then he goes... Yeah, even her her red shoes. Now he's like volunteering information that no one asked him. Maybe share with us some of those simple techniques that people need to use in their day-to-day life 
to possibly just pick up if mm, something's off here? Oh, absolutely. You know, when we realize how many tells there are, you know, you have to understand there's seven different categories which we look at when we start evaluating lies. I thought you were going to say seven different categories of lying. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that too, but... <laughs> But what you need to understand is we start with your face. Your face got these seven universal micro expressions. Mm. Now, that micro expression happens in 125th of a second. So, for instance, I don't like liver. But now you've invited me for dinner. And what happens is the moment my brain sees it, I go, "Mm," disgust. Mm. Now, that happens in 125th of a second. I pull up my nose. But then my conscious mind overrides it and says, no, no, be polite. Say thank you very much. So you won't pick up that, that 125th of a second of disgust. You would just say, oh, I like the liver. Mm. So the micro expression is very something which we need to look at is that your face tells a story. Mm. One thing what people don't realize with micro expressions is that you cannot fake sadness. Now, especially for all the men listening, what happens is, you know, the moment your your girlfriend or your wife starts feeling and she's bawling her eyes out because she's unhappy because you've just scolded her or whatever, mm. watch her the eyebrows because she cannot fake sadness. So she can I pretend didn't know that. that your eyebrows moves towards inwards and mm. upwards only when you're truly sad. If you're not truly sad, it won't happen. It, you're, you can do the face and you pull the lips down, but you can't do your eyebrow thing unless you're really, truly, truly sad. Mm. And that's the unconscious mind controlling that. So that's one of the things. Right underneath your nose, between your nose and your lip, mm. there's a little gland there. Now, what happens is the moment you start lying, that becomes, it, it itches. So oh. you will start scratching your nose yes. or pulling it because... That started itching. Your subconscious mind is saying, I'm not agreeing. I'm not in sync. Mm. I need to give you tells. Mm. Another one is your shoulder. Mm. So, for instance, if I'm going to ask you, are you happy to see me? Mm. Of course I am. <laughs> um, no, you're not. Your shoulder just shrugged. Popped up. Popped mm. up. It says, I don't believe a word of what I'm saying. So, those are just a few things. Your grammar changes. Mm. Your, the moment I start lying, my grammar change. The moment I start, start lying... The voice and tonality changes. Mm. The speed changes. And you have no control over that. It just automatically happens. Um, just to give you an idea, we were 29 candidates, mm. 27 different nationalities when we've done our course in Manchester. We were only five psychologists or coaches. The rest were all intelligence services. Oh, wow. In our three-week practical, not one of us could get away with a lie. Wow. And we knew what to look for. But the reason being is the subconscious mind just takes over. And the moment it takes over, you have no control. It's going to tell you. Yes, yes. So having gone through, or let me rather take a step back and say, why is it that some people can pass lie detection? And is it because lie detection depends on what a person believes to be true? Because you could have trumped up memories that didn't exist. And then when you ask me, I tell you it's the truth, but in reality didn't happen. So is it on the basis of what you believe or what real life is? And then it's even getting me to think about narcissists that don't have the ability to feel certain emotions. Okay, so here's the thing. Some people can get away with a lie a bit longer. 
but they will not get a lot away with the lie forever forever okay. and let me explain to you this so in my methodology which i use is a human lie detection so we've we focused on pretty much just our knowledge and the science itself mm. you need to understand it's a complete science so when i speak with you i will create a baseline and um, when i'm on par most of the time, I will be, I'll be 95% accurate. Mm. And I'll tell you why I'm not 100% accurate, because like you say, there could be a culture issue, there could be an environmental issue, there could be a noise issue, and I'm human. Mm. So that is where we will have to delay. But a narcissist, a psychopath, a sociopath, every single one of them, we will find the lie. It's mm. just that we have to um, go longer with a baseline. With the average Joe, mm. I need about 20 minutes. But with a more psychopath or somebody who's more, more serious about getting away for, with a lie, like a murderer, etc., I will take longer to create the, this baseline. So they might pretend and they will be talking or blinking a lot mm. while they are talking to feel empowered. Mm. But the moment they will lie, they will stop blinking. Mm. So even if they think and they convince themselves that they have a certain mindset, the lie will come through. What if we're dealing with an individual who has a major, let's call it um, a psychotic breakdown, right? And in that psychotic breakdown of recovery, mm. they believe a world that doesn't exist. Like they are believing maybe hallucinations or a reality of a world mm. that doesn't exist. Yes. And maybe somebody who, let's say, has amnesia and they don't remember that they have children. And you ask them, do you have children? And they say no. Will that read as a lie or will their body respond as truth because it's their truth? That would be truthful because it is now a medical deficiency. I see. Can you see the difference? Yes. Because of the medical part of the brain that switched completely off, but in Nisha, there's a part of your brain that switched off. Yes. And that is why you won't be able to tell the difference then. But in the normal sphere, you will be able to tell. So are there any other scenarios where zero lie detection, be it human or machines or polygraph testing, um, it, it, where it would be inaccurate because of a specific scenario? Again, only when, and it depends on the human being who are doing the test. Mm. Um, and again, you have to understand there's a huge difference between a polygraph test and a human lie detector. We're looking in different, completely different scenarios, mm. different ways people are looking at it. Again, will you get away with a human lie detector? Again, only maybe with 5%, if you're lucky, mm. because we will have different scenarios which I will be looking at, mm. and that's what I will be picking up. Because when you have a look at the way we um, define lie detection, I'm not only going to look at your face. I'm not only going to look at your voice. I'm not only going to look at your theatrical stage. Mm. I'm not only going to look at the way you are treating or presenting yourself. Everything needs to be in sync and it all needs to happen within a 10, sec uh, 10 seconds of the moment you've done a tell for me, if I can mm. call it that. So you have to bring all of that together and then you can, and all of that you cannot practice up front and say, so I'm going to do that all in sync in I the 10 you. seconds, etc. Where, uh, as with different other tests, you possibly can be trained, mm. but I'm really talking about specialized people mm. to be trying to really fake those results. Mm. So, can your skills be applied with children because they go through a stage when they're much younger where all they do 
is is lie. But to them, it's not an intention of lying. So I don't even know if, it, if intention forms part of the picture or not. Well, here's the thing again. And I, are you going to hear me going back, saying, going back to my baseline? Yes. Because some children really lives in this imagination world. <laughs> you know, if, even if I look at my grandchildren and they yes. tell these stories and I go, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But what you need to understand is you could still go back, create the baseline. And in a, because remember, you're not going to ask the child, what did you do the whole day? And then you're going to find the lies. Mm. You, if you want something specific, that's where you're going to draw in and your questions will be around that. And that is where you will find the, the leakages. So do you mean, for example, a scenario where you ask your child, how was school today? And they answer in a way that feels off. So you think mm, maybe they bunked. Oh, so what did you do in math? So now you hone in on something. Correct. And then you say, how did you do in maths? Oh, maths was great. So you, when they try to be generic, you get a bit more specific. What do they teach you about? Definitely. We have a whole section. I mean, we've just done last year, November, I've done my first two-day workshop in South Africa on I Can See You Lie. And we're doing it now again in June. And one of the, the subjects we cover in that two days is cognitive interviewing. Oh. Because what happens is people tend, and liars specifically, they think you are only going to hone into the facts. So were you at school? Yes. Were you in math class? Yes. But they don't realize that you're going to ask them and say, so how did you feel in math class today? Did you feel like a number one today? Um, nobody thought of that. <laughs> so suddenly my emotions is like, um, yes, I did feel good. Yes. Okay, so why did you feel so great? And now they have to think. <laughs> And now the tales come through. Because <laughs> they go, um, ah. Uh. Yeah, well, one of the things, because yes. now they change their story because now I'm asking you emotions. So you've just done a, you've been in an accident. Oh, it's your fault. You drive right in front of me. Yes. Okay. So how are you feeling right now? Yes. Well, how did that make you feel when you drove into her? Yes. Oh, yes. angry or disappointed. Now, depending if you are angry, it wasn't your fault most probably. Mm. But if you're disappointed, it could be because you drove in there and you're just trying to blur the the facts. Ooh. So many things here. Oh double one double eight three oh seven oh two the WhatsApp line oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two. Get your questions in or comments from our guests. Maybe you want to improve your lie detection skills. Here is the place. Seven oh two Masterclass. What is the difference and now uh, between exaggeration and an and an outright lie? Because exaggeration can feel like a lie. I'll give you an example. Many brown kids grew up in homes where respect is the ultimate mm. so the day your mom tries to hit you and you're grown and then you grab her hand and she says to the family she tried to kill me <laughs> <laughs> we all know those stories your child tried to kill me she calls the dad and the family it's like no i didn't try to kill you you tried to hit me and i held you back so where where does that lie the lie in exaggeration. Well, again, here's the thing which we need to understand with lies. Withholding information is a lie. Thank you. <laughs> Those of you listening, please know withholding information because people just say, no, it's not a lie. It's just dishonesty. Well, what's the difference? So you've got withholding of the lie, then um, twisting the lie. Mm -hmm. um, exaggerating is a lie. And then obviously the blatant lie is a lie. Yes. And what we think of we and especially when we start exaggerating remember you need to understand i'm gonna say you know what i am now 45 years old mm. 
if now just for this few minutes we were talking, you would realize I've just lied. Mm. Because I just went with a higher pitch. Yes. And I've exaggerated. Yes. And I went 45. I haven't done, used my arms that high since we started. All I thought to myself is she's very proud of being 45. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it. I'm like, good on you, girl. <laughs> if only. <laughs> but can you see what just happened when I mm. exaggerated? So even with the exaggeration, that's a lie. Mm. And although you've experienced it, and I'm going to, into the NLP coaching part. What does NLP stand it's for? It's neuro-linguistic program. It's okay. the way your brain processes information and creates trauma and unlock trauma. Mm. So what happens is because you are feeling the emotions, mom is so shocked because you tried to stop her not hitting you, etc. Yes. And she's so shocked because you're disobeying her yes. authority. So in her mind... Remember, your trauma creates from what I see, what I hear, what I feel, what I smell, and what I taste. Mm. So at that moment, everything does this. Mm. It really comes all together. Neurons that fires together, wires together. Mm. And mom immediately at that moment goes, everything is bigger. Yes. And that is why she exaggerate, over-exaggerated about it. And then we come back and say, okay, how do you really feel about it? Cognitive mm. interviewing. We go back and say, okay, explain to me what happened. And then we see all the deviations of her facial tell, the way she's not believing her own words, mm. the way she's speaking, etc. And then we start honing in those questions. And then we can say, category, okay, well, five out of the seven categories are in play. Mm. This is a lie. Mm, mm. I'm sure some of you are thinking, when are we getting to the part where we ask about how do you check if your partner's lying and what should you look out for if your teenager is lying? And then I want to also find out about the difference between the types of tests available when it comes to lie detection mm. and who are these clients paying for this lie detection and why? It's 2.30. <laughs> 702. Masterclass. The lines are open on this masterclass today on lie detection. 011-883-0702 in the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Our guest who is with us in studio, South Africa's very own human lie detector, Lizette Falk Vane, is here for all your questions and your calls. So let's go straight to a voice note. Hi, good afternoon. The problem with learning these skills of seeing, um, of being able to detect whether someone's lying or not, is it'll destroy your whole social life because you won't believe anyone because I think everyone lies. And could you imagine how, <coughs> how the ANC, how scared they'd be <laughs> because everyone will be picking up that they're lying whenever they open their mouths. Hi, this is Jake. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jake. Has it ruined your social life or do you try and switch that part of yourself off when you're just having your own personal time? Well, here's the thing. Um, obviously, you do pick up on hotels. I mean, sometimes it's just so blatantly in your face you can't, yes. but you don't react to it. It's your choice. Hmm. Um, and a doctor doesn't walk in the mall and he says, oh, that person is ill or that person is <laughs> ill. So I really do... Tr try yes. <laughs> not to pick up on the lies and just relax I have a normal conversation which I do get right most of the time mm. but the moment we're gonna have a discussion and you're gonna show me a hotel I'm gonna say oops why did that happen I'm gonna park it in my mind mm. but it won't ruin my social life per se um, because everybody lies and you have to accept you that. just won't lend that person money because <laughs> <laughs> this I swear I'll pay you back <laughs> okay let's go to Tabiso in Soweto Tabiso go ahead 
Hi, and hello to your guest. Um, I have a question. I've had a phrase, pathological lie. Mm. Uh, is there such a thing as a pathological lie? Mm. Number one. Number two, are there people who are just, who just lie for sport? They, mm. they lie to get a rush. They, they lie about anything. Are there such people? And is it a medical issue or, mm. or what, what's happening with the people? Great one, Tabiso. Mm. Mm. That is a very good question. And this is a very simple answer to that. You need to remember, and again, the two main categories why people lie is pain and gain. Mm. One to avoid the pain, one to gain out of it. Then there's a lot of subcategories. The moment someone lie as a sport, as Tabiso said, it's literally because that person is so insecure. Mm. And they are really having different symptoms underneath that, which is trying to impress people and they mm. believe that nobody would love them unless they say certain things or over exaggerate to have them feel wanted etc so when you find a i always say a pathological liar or a sociopath who keeps on lying you need to go a, a bit deeper and obviously we create the baseline and mm. we'll know but people who really lie for a sport or on a continuous basis go and suffer, seek why and is he avoiding the pain or is he avoiding the gain of being accepted? And I think um, um, you also speak about going deeper. Some people grew up not having, like the lying was their survival. They yes. had no choice but to lie about whatever's happening at home um, because maybe they were being neglected and if they told the school the truth, so they grew up knowing I have to lie all the time and that's all they know. Exactly. Especially from my coaching point of view with NLP, um, you look at coaching of people with childhood traumas, etc. You need to understand that was their coping mechanism. Mm. So they were always in fight, uh, fight and flight mode. And that is why they're automatically the first thing in their mind, that's the way they are programmed, want to speak the life mm. just to for that acceptance but then uh, that's where i come in people come and see me and we get rid of that childhood trauma we mm. get rid of those um insecurities and once that traumas and triggers has been eliminated you'll find people become a, a lot more truthful because they own who they are then mm. um another message says why is it that complete transparent honesty doesn't sit well with most people, almost as though the cold, hard, unfiltered truth all the time isn't normal or socially acceptable. Like when meeting for something fairly unimportant and being asked, how far are you? That time you're yet to shower and opt to lie and say, I'm on the way, see you now, now. That's from <laughs> M in Waterkloof. Now, that's the most difficult one because, you, again, coming back again, we, we, we are programmed to see the ugly. New, a good story is never a good uh, a new story. Yeah. All the negative part is the negative stories. Mm. Our akmadalas, which are part of our brains, are programmed to think 75% negative and only 25% good. Mm. So our brain is automatic. I'm going to tell you right now, I know your behavior by now because I've been married mm. to you for 37 years. If I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get in the shower only now. You're going to blast me for the next yeah. 30 days and you're not going to talk so to me. So you're avoiding pain. I'm avoiding pain. <laughs> I like that. What about people who say, I lie to um, protect someone's feelings, right? Because, and to go back to that question that came from Em and Waterkloof, mm. um, I am of the belief that honesty doesn't need to be brutal, that there's timing. Yes. But is it lying if... Um, 
a woman asks her husband, does this dress make me look fat? Which she shouldn't ask him. And he says, no! What should he say that's not a blatant lie, but is also, you know those, those phrases people say, like, it's actually one of the dresses of yours that I love the most. But he doesn't say just not on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly it comes back again to communication. And that is why when people ask me about my human detection, I said, it's not a skill to go find the lie. It's to pursue the truth and the lack of the truth, you'll find the lie. Mm. So when we start asking people, how do I look in this dress? Mm. We need to understand from a coaching point of view, nothing in this world is personal. Because if my husband's going to say, you know, you look quite fat in that dress. Yes. He, he's talking from his perspective. He might know I'm very critical myself. He might know, he might have a perception of what he thinks is fat or not. Mm. So when he says yes, um, I'm going to be angry because I feel insulted because now mm. I know I'm fat and I'm sensitive about it. And you know, I asked him and he knows I asked him to just boot, give me a confidence boost before correct. I leave the house. But at the same time now he feels if he says you look wonderful and you take a picture and you come back home and says, why did you tell me I look so terrible in this dress? <laughs> so there's no right or wrong answer. It's a question of having a good conversation mm. and understanding how you answer it. Um, there was a question here, uh, uh, or more a statement, somebody saying that this conversation is so relevant to me raising a teenage son that is giving me such a difficult time. So the parents of your teenagers that are exploring and becoming mm. rebellious, yes. um, what should parents look out for? And off air, we spoke briefly mm. around, you know, raising children who are honest. Um, yeah. And I shared with you that for me, because it got honed in on me being having such a religious upbringing and how lying is a mm. sin like i'm so scared because mm. god is watching and he's <laughs> and it's just been instilled in me so i'm very strategic about when i have to use a lie if necessary to protect feelings or whatever mm. the case may be but how do you instill that thing in a in a child um to go out into the world and be an honest person and how then as a parent when you're dealing with teenagers do you deal with all the lies. Yeah. Here's the thing which we need to understand. There's over 500 core values. Mm. Every one of us are born with our own top 20 core values. So you might be in a family where everybody seems similar, but you like the black sheep in the family yes. because your core values just differ completely from what mm. their values are because it's like a thumbprint. Yes. It's unique to you. Even if you're in that household. So a teenager who's most probably in a household where you've got very strict religion and core values mm. or authenticity or truthfulness but your teenager might have fun adventure ambition as a core rather than his core values than what yours were mm. as security etc so that you will um, lock heads with that because he would he's waiting for that moment where he's independent mm. that he can go live his life the way he wants to without feeling you closing him in so what do I need to do? How do I understand my teenager? You need to have an open communication with them. Don't judge because every person has their own way of perceiving life. And the moment you start looking at the way they are perceiving life and why they are doing it, start working from that angle instead of saying you are lying. So even when you pick up the lie, rather go and find out what's the symptom because that lie is only the symptom. Hmm. Is he humiliated by, by the school? Um, isn't he being accepted at school? Is he frustrated because he's not getting the academic points he wants? Those are the frustrations. 
the lies and the difficult part of the teenager is only the symptom. So, um, in essence, the receiver of the lie should maybe also ask themselves, why would this person not feel comfortable enough to tell me the truth? Yes. Um, that is such a good statement because what <laughs> happens is, um, and that's what I always say, very strict parents create the best liars. Mm, you heard it. Let's go to the lions and Toby in Benoni. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, 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 thanks. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to find out if the liar detective tests are totally truthful or there could be something wrong with them at some point. Because I once went on an interview and I had to do the lie detector test. Was it so was it a polygraph can, test where they put yes, things that the polygraph okay, test perfect. where they put you things all over the, mm. the body. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. they asked the question if I was ever involved in some organized crime, mm. right? So and I answered no because that was the truth mm. and they said, and then the lady asked me again in a different form because, you know, when you get it or when they don't get satisfied, they ask you different ways mm. with the same question. So they did that. And the answer was still no. And no, you know. And then at some point when we finished, she was like, she stopped the test and she was like, you know, I really want to help you, but this question is not truthful the way you answer it. Mm. So I really need you to be honest with me so I can help you. And I'm like, Dude, like there's nothing like that. I've not not even a, a small crime that I have done. There's nothing. So I don't know what you want me to say. Maybe she picked and up when like, you were three, you stole a sweetie <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but that's the thing. I've never even stolen a sweetie. <laughs> so what happened after that? And then after that, uh, the, the test finished and then I had to go. And then I was waiting for the call. And then I waited for like two weeks. I got back to them and I was like, okay, you, you guys said the results are going to be back in two days, but I haven't had anything. What are the results? They couldn't tell me what the results said, but they just said, oh, we're sorry, you know, with a grad student for me that you didn't get the post. That I had. So mm. what I want to know is how truthful is this? How accurate are they? Mm. Because that was the honest but the lie detector said I was lying. Lizette? <laughs> you are really putting me in my spot. I'm going to keep to my methodology of human lie detection. That's where my expertise mm -hmm. lies. Yes. But I, I, I can state this. They, the polygraph tests are different, a different methodology. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, it, it can be accurate. And there is a lot of controversy around it and surrounding it because obviously whether the machines are calibrated, etc., etc. And again, back to the human person. Can that human person who are reading the results and processing the system, are they adequate or competent to do that test? Mm. So again, um, I'm not going to put down and say, yes, it's accurate or not. It's a different methodology. There is a lot of controversy about it. Some people say it's definitely accurate. Some would say it can only be up to 65% or 85% mm. accurate. Again, with human lie detection, if I'm on par, I know I'm 95% accurate. So, Ntabi, unfortunately, you're not going to get the answer, the specific answer you were looking for. But what I can tell you, and just correct me here if I'm wrong, Lizette, many countries, including our own, those those polygraph tests are not admissible in court because they're not 100% accurate. So exactly. does that help you, Ntabi? Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, that helps me a lot because, I mean, if it's like 60% or 80% correct, what's the point of doing it anyway? Because then it's just wasting money and time. I mean, I can I can see why, you know, uh, companies sometimes implement such things because they had incidents where they, then HR and whoever said, let's just do this right at the beginning because, you know, we were uh, defrauded of X millions of rands yeah. and they don't want to take yeah. a test, um, which, right. you know, that's a whole different conversation yeah. about if they're entitled to do so but those things can't be admitted in court even at this stage so they're not that accurate but again i still think you and your crush friends organized to steal sweets and you don't want to admit (laughs) (laughs) that's the organized crime girl No, I hear you. Thank you so much for your call. I must say polygraph testing is so scary Mm. because when you know you are innocent, you are so because I've been put through a polygraph test, there was theft at the company I was working at and everybody who had access to the, Mm. the, 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 the situations. And obviously the person that is doing the test is so intimidating because they are emotionless, they're quite neutral, they start with the baseline questions, what is your name, how old are you, all of the things they know answers mm-hmm. to, and then they start going into mm-hmm. the different questions. Um, so in from what you know about the polygraph testing, is it only looking at heart rate, or do they also have to, if let's say your heart rate is doing something different on a specific question, and then they ask it of you again, do they also have to look for telltale signs, or do they only focus on what the machine is is saying? Well, let me. I, what I can tell you, this, and especially, I mean, even with my lie detection workshop, I had polygraph um, investigators on my workshop as well. Mm. Um, you need to understand those machines are working on your physically, first of all, of our reaction, high um, blood pressure, your heart rate, and the voice, the tonality, etc. But there are, there are trained specialists mm. in the field on asking questions, and then that will give you the defect, if I can call it that, mm. on the leakages of your voice. The problem with your polygraphs test and with anything, I mean, companies hire me to do the sit in the interviews where they do high level um, appointments. Mm. And then I would say halfway through, I would say, can we have a break? And I would say, please re-ask that question, ask mm. this question because I've picked up on the tails. Mm. And afterwards, I would make a recommendation. One of them, the companies ignored my recommendation and that cost them three and a half million rand. So, yes. And they could have given you that money. I would have loved to. <laughs> so, again, you know, it's always intimidating because it's unnatural. Yes. Especially when you know you're under, something can go wrong. Yes. Because yes. of the history of different tests, etc. So, again, in court, people can use me as a special expert on lie detection, on unconscious mind, etc. But, again... I cannot say that you are guilty and you need to go to jail. So you are basically, a rec- you make recommendations. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, there was a, a WhatsApp that said, I once threatened my kids that I'm going to buy a lie detector machine and they started talking. <laughs> and here's another WhatsApp voice note. <laughs> I am a, I'm a conscious liar. I choose when to lie and when not to lie. I can be truthful, then I can, and I lie constantly. I choose, I choose. I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna tell a lie. I guess I'm a pathological liar. Hey, hey, Sarah from Pretoria. Thank you so much. I'm gonna quote my father. 
And he used to say to me when we were growing up, you never tell, say an adult or a grown-up is lying. Mm. He says, I don't lie, my child. I'm economical with the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That's what my father would say. Oh, there's a phrase in my language which says, so you can't say a grown-up you are lying. You say you're speaking the truth, but not for this scenario. So it's a more respectful way, way of saying you're telling a lie. It's like you're telling the truth, but not for this particular moment. What are some of the things that you think listeners need to know about lying? And I mean, you do courses that people can register yes. for. And I feel like anybody who's registering for a course to learn on lie detection, you know he's lying. You know they're lying. That's why you're registering. You just want confirmation. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, when I start advertising my lie detection workshop, I always say to people, don't come for to catch out someone on a lie mm. because that's not what you're going to do it for. Human lie detection is one of your best communication skills you most probably can have. Really? Because what happens is you change completely the way you converse with people. Mm. And, you know, I had, um, just to quote Leon von Nerop, I had Leon von Nerop on, one of my, on my course, and he said, journalists should be on this course permanently mm. because you get so much many tells. The communication changes completely. I'm just so fascinated by the whole thing. And I, I think that um, my key takeaway from this is what you were saying is that you're not trying to catch the lies. You're trying to find out the truth. So what can we do as those that want to communicate better because we generally are habitual lies? What can we do better in terms of our communication and being truthful? Well, the first of all, we have to understand it's not personal. So the moment we start talking... We need to change the way we perceive what people are going to answer or going to tell us. And when we can change that, we open up our communication skills. But we have to be, I always say, start observing the way people speak to you. Start mm. listening the way people speak to you. Mm. Then you pick up the lie. So, again, pursue the truth and the lack of the truth will show you the lie. Are the biggest clients that you have that come for lie detection around infidelity is it around companies that are trying to catch out people stealing where would you say most of the big lies are happening well it lies really over the full spectrum there is a bit of infidelity but not that much because i always say the moment there's infidelity there's already a problem in your relationship and then we work with you as a yeah. as, as from a coach point of view i will work with the individual to be understand it's not personal and hurting them but on the corruption side and on the HR appointee side, mm. those are the main parts where I get involved with the lie detection. Are politicians in this country liars? <laughs> <laughs> the next joke, please. <laughs> there you have it. And you have a course coming up. Head over to Lizette. Folkvein.com, that's spelled L-I-Z-E-T-T-E-V-O-L-K-W-Y-N.com. She has a plethora of skills. She's a master life coach, published author, and a human lie detector. So much you can hear from her. Also, you can get her as an international keynote speaker and many other things. Head over to her website.